let's talk about it. Hello and welcome back to Thick Radio, the podcast where we talk about gaining, fetism and everything in their orbit. I'm James. And I'm Tim, so let's get into it. Today we're joined by a special guest. Today we're welcoming to the show for the first time. We've got Paul. Hello. I'm very happy to be here. Oh, how are you, my love? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing good. Good. Oh, so happy to see you. Thank you so much for making the time to be here today. We've been really keen to get you on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, I'm glad. Now, Paul, the reason we wanted you to be a part of this program, of course, as we say, we are talking about everything gaining fetism in the orbit, as always, our catchphrase du jour. But you yourself are not a gainer. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, And people are sometimes surprised by that um, when they see, you know, my pictures because i have the body type of someone who maybe did this on purpose but it's all by accident (laughs) well it's a delicious accident and it's a gorgeous accident and of course when we give out the socials at the end of the program everyone listening uh is duty bound to go and uh check out paul and check out his account because uh just a gorgeous gorgeous stunning human being and that's really why we wanted to bring you onto the program because we haven't really had the opportunity yet to speak to people who aren't necessarily in the community, but are aware of it, and maybe have some experiences to share. Because sometimes I think, as people in the community, and Tim, maybe you'll agree with this, we have a tendency to kind of think of things in this weird, like, walled-off sense. Like, there is the definitive boundary of gaining and fetism, and the boundary stops there, and there's no overlap, and there's no one coming in or out. Whereas in actual fact, there's so much overlap with chub chaser and bear and body and plus size and fat lip that really it kind of demands that we all speak to this you know amorphous overlap zone that many of us actually inhabit whether we know it or not and again when you'll check out paul's social media you are going to see paul is a fabulous overlap representative here so paul are you ready to get into the questions doll i absolutely am oh Marvie. So listen, first things first, we'll kick this off. How did you come to first discover and be aware of the gaining and fetist communities? Um, I think it really started um, when I was on Bigger City, which was not one of the first um, apps that I was on for, you know, hooking up and that sort of thing. Um, But I joined at the recommendation of someone that I met through Growler or something. And so I was being approached more often with guys who were interested in feeding me. And I'm like, what is this? I, I, you know, like, I think I may have had an idea of it based on like an episode of CSI or something, but nothing real world based, (laughs) Um, you know? Um, So I was like, okay, what's this about? And I'm like, no, this isn't really my scene, but it seems like these might be my people in a certain way anyway. I mean, honestly, does this not come back to conversations, Tim? We have had 50 million times. Everyone's heard of gaining and fetism through Jerry Springer. And, you know, my wife is a thousand pounds and she wants to be a thousand pounds more. And it's everyone in the audience going, 
And then there's Jerry Springer going, no, no, everyone, calm down, calm down. We'll give them their chance to speak. But you are disgusting. You can acknowledge you're disgusting <laughs> and you're broken in the head. You need to die, don't you? Like, it's just, oh, my God. Never had. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, poor representation in the media is, an, is a completely different conversation. But I, um, I would think that you know, like all these communities are adjacent to each other. Mm. There may not be as much crossover as we'd like, but you know, yeah, they're all sort of in the same neighborhood. So you know, like there might be the gainer block, but right next to it is the chub block, and then the bear block. I mean, and I don't know why we put so many fences in between each community 100 percent. so i just want to ask for some clarity what age were you when you started to have these conversations on bigger city and how old are you now if i can ask um i am almost 40 and this would have been in my mid-30s um i actually uh i've been happily married for uh over 10 years um with the same person for going on 15 years now um and we were monogamous for much of that so when we met apps were you know mozzarella sticks not something you had on your phone so um so when we opened the relationship later was when i was sort of like entering these new worlds of um both you know chub chasers and that sort of thing and then eventually finding the other sort of subcategories that go along with um so it was only a few years ago like like i said i had seen i'm pretty sure it was an episode of csi some crime procedural where that was the you know spicy plot um but you know actually interacting with real world people or online people um wasn't until well into my mid-30s Right. And I do think just quickly here, that's probably something um, really important to point to, because I think there are many younger members in our community who get a little bit frustrated with older members, let's say, and <clears throat> we're hardly older, but you know what I mean. To a 20 year old, 35 is dead. So whatever. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think there's a lot of younger members in the community who see um, people entering the space who are a little bit older, let's say. And I think the sort of idea is like, ow, why are they only just discovering this now? Surely you've known about this your whole life. Surely you've been invested and maybe you're just a crazy lurker who's been, you know, thinking about this for 20 years, wasting everyone's time. Like, let's take a moment. Just, it's it's not always easy, kids, just so you know, to learn the new technology. Some of us are a little slow to figure it out. I still cannot figure out Snapchat. <laughs> oh yeah, Snapchat, it's, Snapchat's a no for me. TikTok took me a moment. It It, it truly did truly truly did um and i'm kind of terrified of those new ones like blue sky and mastodon that people are talking about like replacements other new ones yeah girl. <laughs> new oh, ones that well i live under a rock so <laughs> listen i'm just saying it's it's all sometimes like i don't know young people it's not all about you can i say that like mm -hmm. i think we can say that like no. if this isn't your experience that's fine it's someone else's experience Sit back and listen. Maybe learn something about other people. Isn't that what this podcast is about? Uh, <laughs> so anyways, I think it's really good to know, like, that there's this context between, you know, this journey you've been on, this relationship with your partner, coming to learn about things and the place you're at now. So following up to that, I, I want to ask, as you say, there are people sort of probing you about feeding you. Was there ever a time that you considered dabbling in gaining and feedism? Not... I, so I have, I have a, a kinky side and part of that kinky side is wanting to indulge other people's kinks. So that was the really only appeal to it was I'm like, okay, well, this person's attractive. 
Um, they're interested in this thing. I don't know much about it, but maybe it'd be something I could get into. Um, so there's a little bit of that. But to be honest, my first reaction was a little bit more, and I shudder to look back at it now, but a little bit more repulsion of like, oh, no, never. That could not be me. That, you know, that's a, you know... And looking back, it's it's a lot of internal fat phobia of like, sure, I love my body, but like, no one should want to look like me, you know, should no one should be doing that on purpose, you know, um, but it came out as sort of a like, this is, this is weird, as opposed to just different. I mean, to reiterate, this is a non-judgmental space, we don't hold any of that with any chagrin or any negativity towards you, Paul, and listeners, if that's you, fucking don't, we're not here to do that, we're here to love and open and support and I think that's such an important thing to come to because, again, so many people in the community, because we're into it, many of us don't have to question why we like it. In fact, I think more people should probably question why they like it with their approach. But, you know, at the basis, they like it. And therefore they go, it makes me horny. I shall jerk off to this. This is a delight. But of course, there are many people outside of the narrative who, without that intrinsic link, would look at something like this and go, <laughs> what? So I don't feel like there should be any judgment towards people who don't have an initial understanding. We live, as you said, in a fat phobic society. It makes sense that the initial response, I think for most people outside of the community would probably be something of judgment or of just a negative ick, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Tim, you've That's... been in and out with the community for a time as yeah. well. Like you, and in fact, our episode, Lurk It Again, you shared your journey going mm -hmm. from being that shadowy figure who's kind of dabbling to the position you're at now. Can you relate a bit to what Paul's expressing? Yeah, and I I, I can also say that um, I've had that experience with a couple of chubby guys that I used to play around with when I was thinner. Um, there was, in fact, there was one guy who I would play around with off and on over the years um like he went uh he moved out of state for a while and when he came back he was actually like twice his size like he put on so much weight and um i kind of like wanted to pretend that he had done that for me because you know like when we had started playing around he was significantly smaller and he comes back and he's just huge his belly is enormous and i like have so much more to play with but he also made it very clear he's like i am not a gainer i did not do this on purpose this just happened because i'm lazy i don't like to exercise and i like my food but i am not a gainer and actually when he found out that i was because this was at a, a transitional period for me when i was trying to figure out like am i really this thing am i not and i had firmly settled on no i am in fact a gainer because this brings me so much joy unfortunately that's when he decided to call it quits because he didn't he's like i don't like other fat guys i want to be the fat guy i want to be the one the object of worship i'm not interested in larger men like i want my the people that mess around with me to be thin or muscly so unfortunately that called an end to it but i find that is not uncommon with a lot of chubs who are kind of like adjacent to our community is like you can do you can give me the body worship you can give me the compliments but I am not a gainer. I never will be. Please don't ever bring that into the situation. So, I mean, this probably also, again, touches on that point I wanted to bring up, like the whole, what we as gainers assume to be like the gainer things, right? Like what are the tick boxes that says, oh, this person is a gainer and it's a desire for size. And it's also a desire to, you know, in many instances, if you're a more dominant gainer, throwing your body weight around and using that to 
dominate slash manipulate slash own the the small guy or if you're the submissive fat guy the submissive gainer it's you want a smaller person to manipulate your size you know put you in a seated or laid position where your body weight acts as a counterbalance and stops you from getting up obliges you to be fed to be fucked to be dominated so we look at those narratives so frequently that i think sometimes we miss that those are actually things shared by non-gainers as well that is almost something that is more adhering to a generic size appreciation concept uh, which we will talk about in a later episode but you know i think it shows that gaining and feedism is actually probably more ironically expansive than we give it credit for and that yeah there are kink elements that you know are localized to us but maybe in the future who knows maybe there will be a wider definition again ironically for what gaining and feedism encompasses and maybe there'll be more comfort for people to either own that label or be comfortable with the adjacency to that label i don't know i just think it's so important for us to remember as people in our community that there is overlap and it's not all the same one homogenous thing asking questions goes a long way and also respecting uh boundaries respecting boundaries because again that phobic society a lot of people who are fat and aren't gainers just have not great feelings about their bodies and that's not for us to then turn around and go oh ignore all that i find you sexy you can put your self-loathing and you know that journey of self-love you're having to go on you can put all that on hold for me and just be a sex god while i suck you off great absolutely fat no kids that's not that's not how this shit works like all forms of intimacy, it requires conversation and deliberation and consent and just people all feeling fucking good. So bit bit more of that would be great. Bit more of that would be great. Um, but this also leads into my next question, which is what is the response you typically get from people when you have to say to them, I am not a gainer? Um, it usually depends on how the conversation starts um especially on bigger city which i actually don't go on as often because it's happened so frequently very aggressive you know coming in hot and heavy from message one you know feeder um language and i'm like oh wait this is not for me not my kink and there tends to be sort of a um oh yes it is or like trying to basically gaslight me into thinking that i don't know enough about myself um but if it's a more casual conversation a lot of times on instagram people be like oh i didn't realize i thought you were a gainer um it's just more surprise than anything else it's not you know it's not as aggressive but i think it's just a different expectation on an app than it is on a social media platform when you're going into messages you know, since we're both gay men of a certain age, do you do you feel like th like that's not something that we're not used to? Because like I remember, you know, being younger and like just the fact that some gay men just don't know how to take a hint. You know, it's like it doesn't matter how many times you ask me. It doesn't matter how much alcohol you're trying to ply me with. It's not going to happen. Like, and I've never understood this propensity for some gay men in the community to just think that, like, I always liken this to gay men who think that if they get a straight man drunk enough, they can sleep with him. You know, and I'm like, guys, like, <laughs> this is why stereotypes, why really harmful stereotypes get perpetuated, because you do shit like this. 
Yeah, it's just a, a slightly different version of the same script that, you yeah. know, an aggressive gay man would do in my, you know, messages otherwise. It's just now we've got food instead of something else being yeah. forced on me. 100%. Um, consent is key, kids, and please don't become the person who someone associates as, like, the example of a negative stereotype. That would be great. Uh, especially at this point in human history where there are denizens of people who are trying to, like, have us... I shudder to think what next uh, for various things. So let's not be like that. Let's let's just do good. And again, conversate. Have a conversation, girly. Just, just a bit of chit-chat and clarify some points and maybe we won't spread some trauma. How about that? Isn't that a novel idea? Um... <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, I mean, the reason I think as well, and I'm, I, I want to reference this here, and again, people look at the social media for this, you represent your body so fantastically. And I think that's how you and I first came into each other's spheres of influence. Because obviously in my time looking at people on social media, this is again, I think the benefit of something like Instagram. It's not about these firm walls where I will only ever see gainers, everything else is filtered out. I will see beautifully fat bodies but they're not always gainers. And I think that opens up the opportunity for great conversation, for community and for connection. And what you represent from my perspective is nothing short of extremely crucial and important because Tim has said this before, there's a lot of representation for women in plus size and in fashion and with nude bodies. And I think that's wonderful because there's so much sexism laid in with fat phobia that needs to be unpacked and women and female aligned need to do the work of course to do that and they're doing it and it's great. But for men and male aligned, there really isn't very much. And it almost feels like every time someone steps forward and shows themselves, they become a new revolutionary act. It becomes the new person of going, oh, have you seen so-and-so showing off? It's the most incredible thing. There's so fewer people who do it. And it's true. There really aren't that many people who do that. And so I wanna ask you like, how has that element come into your journey in your queerness, with your fatness, with self-love and self-acceptance? Talk to us about that journey for you. That um, that really started when I um, when we first opened up our relationship, which was, I think it's going on six years now. Um, and like I said, when we were first dating, he was like, my third boyfriend like I did not have a ton of experience you know as a single man in my 20s um I at that point I had not taken a nude photograph I had not done you know even shirtless pictures for you know the dating websites I was using in my 20s so it was like this whole new world of like well I want to have sex with people so I guess I got to show something off to get them interested and my first pictures were like I I look back and cringe and it's like you know, clavicle up. Um, like, you can barely tell I don't have clothes on, you know, or like a very poorly lit side butt. Like, because I was just so embarrassed by what I looked like. And I'm like, the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, if I'm going to have sex with these people, they're going to see what I look like. So I guess I got to show more of it. And once I started taking pictures and being like, okay, well, if I turn a little bit more this way, well, if I light it this way, you know, if I get on the bed this way, and I just kept taking more and more like i'd take 50 pictures at a time and just figure out what's working and what's not and the more i did it the more i loved what i was looking at 
it wasn't just a matter of like can i entice other people it was this is exciting for me to see myself and i've said this i think i've said on social media before you know if you treat yourself like a supermodel you're gonna feel like a supermodel so it's not just a matter of very furtively taking a you know a selfie in the mirror it's like set up the camera set up the lighting get some props get a costume put on a harness put on some undies you know do the whole nine yards um like an attractive person would do because guess what you're an attractive person um 100 percent um circling back very quickly to a point i know that i have said on this podcast before for the love of christ if you have a laundry basket put the lid on it if you have a bed make the bed if you're taking a bathroom shot close the fucking toilet seat mm-hmm. put it down like it is truly those little things that like it's important like do that <laughs> set tra- go everything's a fantasy And if you forgot to do those things, you take a filter that, you know, kind of fuzzes everything on the edges so that you're just focusing on that beautiful body in the middle. And there you go. You've, you've fixed the problem. Do Um, that. Run it through Canva, put a border on it, girly. Do summon. And I just say, I don't really care about the aesthetics of the background, but the one thing that I will sometimes really hone in on is like um, the bathroom selfie where the mirror is extremely dirty. I'm like, Mm-hmm. that part kind of bothers me a little bit <laughs> if your mirror is that dirty and it's been that dirty for a while <laughs> yeah there's a difference like, between clutter you have and, to and notice un- that that mirror is coated in something right <laughs> yeah unsanitary is much more unattractive than just a little bit of a messy bedroom or whatever 100 percent. but again it's it's not just aesthetics it's what you're essentially selling to someone if those photos go up on an app on a platform come and have sex with me i see a dirty mirror i see dirty sheets i see grime i see grot that tells me you're not a hygienic person i don't want to go fuck you i don't want you to fuck me don't touch me go away like neat and tidy everything everything is presenting yourself but again the reason why i think you're such a great representation for this paul is because you always look fantastic at every dang angle and it's not just the body oh we like bigger bodies it's the way that you have your lighting it's the way that you style yourself you know and it's that smile that's on your face as well beaming from ear to ear just it's seducing constantly it's saying it's not just it's 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 a photo that says it's not that i know you want me it's a question of how willing are you to come and get a piece of this right this second because i know you need it you don't just want it you need you need to come and take a bite so come on in come on in and get you a servant and it's gorgeous yeah, it was funny the other day i put a photo up in my stories that i was like everyone says i can take a back photograph here's one and it was an outtake that i'm like half my head is cut off like you can see like one foot and like part of a leg and just like this bizarre angle and like all the comments are like i don't see a bad photo here you look gorgeous i love this anyway so you know when people like what they like you know and i'm a, I'm, a, I'm a niche commodity i'm not for everyone but i'm for enough people including myself and that's the most important person. And and I, I think we awesome. could all say that, you know, mm. that we're all part of a niche market. But, you know, the most important thing is to be, you know, like you said, for yourself. So I I want to come back to a point. I don't think Chubb is niche. I really don't. I think the obsession like BBW is the most searched term on any porn site on the Internet. And it beats out positions two and three combined in every rating. 
The fact that dad bod is such a thing, the fact that everybody wants a piece of scissors, it's cuff and season, the fact that every big boy thing is just repeated, it's a meme, it never fails, tells me that the general populace is more on board with the big, bold and beautiful than what they want to let on. And that comes back to that systemic fat phobia. People feel like they can't. People feel like they shouldn't. Yeah. I didn't think that, that it was that popular until I saw plus size male models. Cause I didn't think that I was ever going to see that, you know, we've had plus size female models as long as it, the fashion industry has been around, but to have a plus size man walk down the runway, I was like, okay, things are changing. Ooh, that actually might be a good question to ask you about from a non-gainer perspective. We've had people not necessarily on the podcast, but by observation in the sort of zeitgeist men who will go so far as to say, um, they feel disincluded in the fat lib movement. They feel disincluded in body positive spaces that it's all for women and that they feel like not enough effort is made, uh, to make room for them. I'm not sure your engagement with the more political side of things, but from your observation, uh, how does that sit with you as a statement? Do you feel like there's truth to it? Do you feel like there's a challenge to that? I do think that there is not as much plus size male representation in media, in fashion, in porn, um, all the places that we look for for beautiful people. Um, and I do think that's just a fact that there's less, but there's also less male fashion, male models. Fashion is a women's industry. Um, and I do think that fat women have it much harder than fat men do. So I don't ever want to take away from the amount of work that women, especially plus size women of color, have had to do to get just a, that piece of the market that we're just now seeing them get mm -hmm. um, and be like, well, what about the men? Um, but I do think that there could be more inclusion of it. And I do think a lot of places are trying. Um, but it is it is so much harder to be a plus size woman um than it is to be a plus size man it really it really is yeah, you know for true. all of the troubles that i have with finding clothes like i can go to target and if there's something in the women's department plus size that is something that i like i'll buy it because they're not going to have it in um men's sizes in plus sizes but that's a tiny drop in the puddle compared to the systemic problems they people face in women face in healthcare in jobs in dating because of their size that men don't have as much of a problem with we do you know face a lot of stigma but it's nothing like women do we were talking about this on an episode there are people who've you know basically said they don't appreciate the categories that have come about you know the description of small fat mid fat because it includes lane bryant fat and they go, well, men don't shop at Lane Bryant, so I don't want to be, I wouldn't want someone to think of someone as Lane Bryant size. Like it fucking matters, dude. Like it's a, it's, it's, it's a label for in-community use for the people who are actually trying to hold conversations about like the scale of privilege and bias that exists within fatness. Like, yes, we can use it to describe ourselves as men, but also, so fucking what? Women are the ones who created this. You weren't there doing the work. You weren't there at the table putting in your two cents when it counted to talk about this. And now, like, after the work is done, you want to turn around and be like, mm, my madness was not consulted. No, because you weren't there. And if Lane Bryant or Torrid made men's clothing, they would shop there because what are your options right now? You've got to go to the big and tall section at JCPenney and it all looks like crap, so... Well, that's why some of my, my favorite pieces have come from, because the women's plus size section in Target 
is so good right now. They have the most gorgeous pieces for women. And some of them are unisex enough. And I'm not someone who gets hung up on those labels anyway. Like, I have a gorgeous blue sweater that I love wearing. Came from the women's department. Um, I've got velvet trousers that uh, came from the women's department. It's like, they're pants. It's a shirt. Who cares? Um, The difference anyways between what would arguably be a women's cut and a men's cut tends to come down to, like, those two little bits of fabric that get, like you know, blown out to make room for bibbies anyways mm-hmm. in a women's. And if you're fat and male, there's, you've probably got titties yourself anyway. Mm, sure do. <laughs> so it's all one the same bit of fabric, girl. Yep. Like, it's very true, right? Like, when, when it comes down to it, does it really matter that much so long as, you know, you have something that fits you, clothes you? Maybe you are passionate about that, but then... Isn't that the thing of it? You've got to go and look for those things. Maybe represent, maybe go out and approach brands and look at things like that. Maybe go out and like research what are some good plus size retailers that actually serve not bad clothing options, you know? So I think it's all of those things. And I think it's really great that you're able to contribute to that conversation and speak to it, you know? I wouldn't mind wearing women's pants if um, they had enough room in the crotch. That's always my problem. There's just not enough room for... For me. Again, <laughs> okay, as... brag. Oh. <laughs> Tim comes on the podcast. I'm sorry, me and my gigantic cock. We just have... well, it's have... it's not even so much of that. It's more like it's going to be a moose knuckle from hell if I try to wear, uh, you know, uh, a female like like pants that are cut. Yeah, the the ones that I have, it's a very wide trousers. There's a lot of give and take there for for I, my problem is more the fupa area than the mm. actual genitalia down there so talking a little bit more about the community here and do you do you have a, an account on groma have you ever been on things like beefy frat or anything like that i am not on i have considered grommer and have not um taken the time to set anything up um but yeah i'm not i'm not familiar with a lot of the more very more gainer specific apps personally insights that, that that's fair because my curiosity there is you know from your experience with the community and it may be a more localized specification to a specific platform or you know groups of people etc would you say that the gainer community uh, or the fetus community are an appropriate place for non-gainer chubs like yourself i would never want to force myself into a space that is not designed for me without being welcomed into it um but i have found that there are gainers and feeders who um you know seem to be welcoming of people like me um i do get you know dms and comments from gainers especially saying about that i'm their body goals and so like i feel like i'm you know I feel like I would be comfortable in those spaces if I'm invited in, but I'm not going to like show up at the party uninvited. It's fair. And I think it's an interesting perspective because again, we look at ourselves, we think ourselves shut off. I wonder how many people would potentially be willing to join the community either as participants or observers just to learn out of curiosity. I wonder how many people would do that if they felt like they had an open invitation. And I wonder if there is a way that we can achieve that. Like, I wonder how other communities present that. And I think a lot of it comes down to representation and a willingness to present community, you know? And I think of pride, I think of pride festivals, I think of the floats, I think of typically the leather community, you know? The leather community has always been there, 
always showing up and showing out and letting you know it's okay to be all this. We are here. We've got things. I mean, Tim, you're a leather man. How does the community engagement from a leather perspective differ to the gainer community in your experience? Uh, Visibility, (laughs) number one. I mean, um, like I said uh, in, in, I think, a previous episode, like as gainers, we wear our fetish on us all the time but we're not really being vocal about it. It's not like we're proclaiming it as we parade down a city street. We could get to that point, I suppose. I guess it just depends on the comfort level of each individual, but like the leather community, it's it's all about the visibility. You know, we, we're showing up in kink spaces, we're marching in pride parades, we're throwing events that, you know, donate to charity. Um, I don't know if gainers en masse will ever reach that because like most gainer events are just about eating getting fatter and socializing i mean i don't think i've ever seen like i've never seen a grom off advertises like oh we're gonna have a raffle and the proceeds are gonna go to a charity or something like that it's mm. just a completely different vibe when it comes to gainer organization yeah coming back to this point i suppose a little bit more do you feel like the gainers that you interact with and as you say they've been the negative ones but even with the good ones do you feel like gainers put too much emphasis on the gainer element when it comes to potential fat fat interactions with yourself um i don't know if i'd say that i will say that there are some that i communicate with and it'll just sort of like come out of nowhere um after it seems like we've kind of moved past it, like oh i'm not a gainer and then suddenly we're we're talking about you know a sexualized food experience which is not something i'm into um but like I, it never feels uncomfortable or anything like that it's um see i've i've it's been more positive than negative interactions and you know i've always felt pretty comfortable with the ones i've had that's really good. I'm glad for that. And obviously it's the kind of conversation that makes me challenge myself. Like when I hear that, I think, oh gosh, like what, what am I like in conversations, you know? And I mean, I hope that it's good and I'm sorry if it hasn't, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think it is that thing. Like that moment of me questioning myself, it's like, oh, how often do I let my sex get away from me? How often do I get caught up, you know, and maybe we are just chatting and because we're chatting and maybe I saw something that inspired feelings and we happen to be chatting that it sort of comes to the fore, you know, like I wonder about those types of moments and I don't know, maybe it's just a good reminder for everyone, like be conscious of where you're at with your sex at all times, you know, because not everyone's consenting. I feel like that that's a good lesson for um anyone regardless of what their kinks are or what their fetishes are um because i know i've been i've been in conversations where i thought like i'm a i'm a more dominant person generally sexually and i thought that was the vibe and then i come on way too strong and it's not it's not that it ever goes into like a non-consensual category but it gets into like grayer i'm like oh we should have had more conversation before i got to where i went you know, when you when your little head takes over from your big head, you, you know, make those kinds of mistakes. And it's important to just own them and, you know, do better next time. I want to ask you something here and please don't feel, please don't feel like you have to answer this for the sake of all people, all perspectives, all times, anything like that. Do you feel other non-gainer chubs harbor negative perspectives of gainers and fetists 
And do you feel that those perspectives are valid? I know there are some. I don't know percentages or anything like that. This is just things that I've seen. Um, there are some who, who look at it negatively. Um, part of it is because they're on um, a weight loss journey themselves. And so therefore seeing someone basically doing the opposite is triggering for them. Um, others, it's, you know, they haven't done the work of the, un, you know, we're undoing their internalized fat phobia. Um, so I think some of it is rooted in validity, but then also you have to recognize that other what other people do with their bodies is not yours to police. Yeah. And I think, I think people can look at gaining um, as something that's like unhealthy or, or negative in a health way, but you don't know that person's situation. You don't know how they're doing it. You don't know what the, you know, what precautions they're taking, how, if they're doing it in a, you know, or anything. Um, and so it's, it's just sort of another way of fat phobia policing other people's bodies. Mm. Now, I would um, also think that people who are chubs that, that have a negative perception of, of the gainer community is probably due to some uh, encouragers and or gainers within the community who don't, again, don't understand that no means no and like mm -hmm. hound a chub like, you know, precipitously about like, oh, don't you want to get fit? Like, no, they already stated that they were not. So it doesn't matter how many times you harp on that. It's just going to end up pissing them off and yes. probably scaring them away because you couldn't get it through your head that, you know, this may be your fantasy, but it's not the other person's fantasy. Mm -hmm. And like, you may want to talk about this, but the other person doesn't want to talk about this. Like, and just continuing to pursue it is not going to do anything. <laughs> If you really want to, you know, talk that way to again, like, then go find a gainer, go find somebody who does mm -hmm. want to hear all of that. Yeah, 100%. It makes me think a little bit about how, you know, and it was a few years ago now, there was that really intense spat of people taking like sneaky pics of big people in public and posting it online. And obviously, for historic purposes, that was a big part of how gainers shared their sexuality. There weren't a lot of gainers online, let's say in the early to mid 2000s who were sharing their journey. So for many of us, we were looking to the typical celebrities who've gotten fat and that was everyone sharing pics about that and being like, uh, this is, this is porn for all of us. But with the advent of Gromma and like more large scale sexual socialization, there are thousands upon thousands of gainers who are all on journeys and people who've made all kinds of transformations, people who've gone from tiny to slightly less tiny, to slightly less, even more so tiny, to actually fat, to even bigger fat, to super chub fat, to a mobile fat, all races, colors, creeds, everything. There is a, a, a plethora, a true smorgasbord of examples of people who've made all kinds of journeys in the community. And they're not just on Gromit now. A lot of people are posting on Instagram. They're putting the naughty stuff on Twitter. They're looking at other platforms too. So there are plenty of places to get your content. And yet the amount of curated content of other people, positions that are very clearly non-consensually taken, kind of makes me go, why are we still focusing on this and not on the bounty that we are now currently living in? We are inundated with bigger bodies to enjoy. Why are we still 
looking at non-consensual photos and taking non-consensual photos. And I think the key part in that is the non-con element. And I think yeah. more people need to be willing to question themselves as to what you're purporting and what you're putting forward when we ironically feed into that element. Just a bit of food for thought on that one, people. Um, but, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, that point on why people can feel uncomfortable and the need to respect it is is absolutely paramount. We've said it before, we'll say it again. People have different experiences. We need to listen to that and respect that. And kind of, again, again, just comes back to points like if you're bothering enough to talk to someone to do the sex with them, why don't you care enough about that person to respect them when they say no, right? Like, again, that says a lot more about you and your unwillingness to be a, a reasonable partner than it does about someone who's not into something that you're also into, you know? So. Well, and I feel like in my interactions with, uh, you know, anyone of larger size, like I always know, like if I'm talking to a chub that is not in the gainer community, I'm not going to push those things. Like I've literally only ever asked for one, for two things, two things I've only ever asked from people. Um, one, be hygienic. Two, um, I'm going to want to worship your belly. That's going to be something that is going to be paramount for me. Like, I don't have to, like, it doesn't have to have anything to do with food, feeding or any of that, but let me get my hands on your belly. So the only thing I've, you know, I've said is like, please don't be uh, it's like a, like policing your own body from me. Like, because I want to show you how much this turns me on. No, I get that. I want to ask Paul, we've obviously talked about a lot of different surrounding bits and pieces with gaining and size and everything. Is there an element to all of this that we haven't touched on yet that you think needs to be brought to the front here to talk on? Not that I can think of. Um, one of the things the the conversation we were just having did bring up was one of the things that I have started to do more of for myself is as someone who's not a gainer is as much as I appreciate the gainers and feeders that I have interacted with. Sometimes I do have to take a break from their social medias because it is too much for me. And I don't want that to ever be like, because I object to what they're doing that I think they shouldn't be doing what they're doing. But as someone who's on a journey with my weight and, you know, loving myself, some of that can be triggering for myself. And so I need to step away. And that's not something that they're doing wrong. And I want people to understand that. But I don't think there's also anything wrong with me doing that for myself either. No, I think all. two things can be true at the same time. Like, it's oh, not yeah. for me, but you keep doing it. Yeah, it, it's, it's incredible. It's almost like you're saying, I'm making a decision for myself about myself, and it's not about you. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Again, imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> revolutionary conversations <laughs> we're having. But it is incredible because when you think about it, like it is so simple as that. But also, we all get caught up in that every single time. And, you know, taking breaks, I think, is really good with gaining. Like I've said this before, I've had several breaks with gaining wherein it wasn't about health for me, but it was about the fact that I was in a mental health space where I wasn't making progress with my body. I was seeing people be very successful with their journeys. That was starting to impact on me negatively. And that was actually good for me. Step away, touch grass, invest in other people and other things for a minute, get my mental health back together, then step back in. 
and start to do the necessary things. There are some gainers who have to lose weight for different reasons and that's their journey. And then they'll step away from the community because of course for them it's very painful to have to lose weight whether or not it's what they want and then again to be faced with people who are having a lot of joy and a lot of success. Everyone's situation is different and again to homogenize and to basically make it about ourselves. It's rude guys. Don't do it. <laughs> Just let people do what is right for them. And, you know, I think something I've said to a few people before and possibly I've said it to you, Paul, is, you know, I want to support you and champion you on your journey, whatever that journey is. I want to walk with you and I want to cheerlead for you. So if you're looking to go up, great. If you're looking to go down, that's fine. I just want to make sure that as a good friend, I'm championing the correct thing so that I know how to love on you appropriately. And I think that is an important thing. Every single one of us needs to get behind, whether it's gaining or not. Yeah. Yeah. And actually that's, that's one of the things that I've, um, that I've noticed. And as someone from the outside, I don't want this to come up from a place of judgment, but I do see a lot of gainers sort of replacing traditional body standards with these new body standards and having them be just as unattainable and just as impossible and getting down on themselves as someone who's anorexic, as someone who's into bodybuilding. Like, it's all about making that body the way you want it to be. And I think that's great that people have that opportunity to do that. But to get hung up on, I have to get to this size is the same as what everyone else is, is going through. And as someone who's learned to love myself, whether I get a little bigger, a little smaller, I understand how hard that is to get to. Um, yeah. But it is easy just sort of be like, okay, so I don't want to look like Brad Pitt. Now I want to look like John Goodman and I'm going to be beating myself up the whole way exactly the same way. Exactly. I don't know how long it's been since I've said it, but bigorexia is a thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, girl. Absolutely. I mean, for goodness sake, some people are so hung up on the numbers. I need to be 400 pounds. I will not be happy until I'm 400 pounds. And I'm like, okay, what about 399? Well, it's not 400. Cool. One pound of difference. The likelihood that you will sense that difference, that you would see it, that one pound is not going to show up in your clothing. It's not going to show up in your diet. It's not going to show up anywhere except as a number on a screen. And is that really what you're chasing? Or is it the experience of being that size? Because isn't that what we're all here to do? If we want to gain, if we want to lose weight, we want to live and experience the life that we want to curate for ourselves in the body that we have curated for ourselves. I think I agree in that we should all have the right to do that and live how we want. But also, what does it do for you to achieve that? You know, some people gain not because they want to hit certain goals, just because they want to be on the journey. And they'll kind of get to a vague size they like, then they go back down again. And they go back up again. They go back down, they go back up. And that's their journey. Oh, this person's not committed to staying the big weight that they gain to. Piss off. Let people do what they want. This is not that hard. The rest of the world is judging fat people for not prioritizing thinness in their lives. Why the fuck are we doing the same but opposite? That's hardly a new machine. We're just presenting the flipped mirror reverse situation of it, but we don't want that. We want a new machine. I've said this before. It's a, something I call the perceptions held um, objective traits paradigm or the fat paradigm. And if you can picture it on one end of the scale is someone who is thin on the other end is someone who is fat in this universe, muscle people, they don't exist. They're dead <laughs> thin and fat and everyone else in the universe is somewhere between the thin and the fat. And if you think about that as a sliding scale, 
Is thinness an acceptable body to exist in? Absolutely. What about fat? We'll give it a soft tick. We're working on it. Things are coming that way. We'll give that a soft tick. It's a paradigm, as I said, sliding scale. People move up and down. Can we go from fat to thin? Absolutely. We've had TV shows about that. Thin to fat. Not a single thing in our world today supports this, except for that one African tribe that people hyperfetishize, and I think that's a little bit creepy, people leave them alone. <laughs> um, also, they're not being fat because they want to be fat, they're just gavaging their children for marriage, like it's a very different preposition, but whatever, have your fantasies. Um, but that's the point. When we live in a world where the attainment of fat is seen as inherently wrong, it creates this unbalanced sliding scale with fat dangling in the air and skinny down at the bottom. It's like the scenes in the Titanic, everyone's up in the air holding on for dear life, but at some point they've got to let go. And because they're going to slide down at a rapid pace, they're not going to land safely in thinness, they're going to crash. And they're not going to be in a good state. And this is the current metric we exist in when it comes to bodies in general. You're allowed to be fat, so long as you're not going to get an ounce fatter. You're allowed to lose the weight, but God help you if you so much as put on more. You're allowed to love yourself because we don't want you dead. You have to fuel the capitalist machine. How dare you threaten to take yourself off the easy way, you bastard. So it's all very that. We need to be hyper-conscious of everyone's here at different places. Everyone's needing different things. And why is that difficult to just say to someone, oh, you're doing something different to me. Thumbs up, okay. This is fine. It doesn't have to affect you because it's not about you. Maybe that's the real lesson in all this. Like, how to not be a selfish twat. <laughs> we'll have to do an episode on that. At some point. <laughs> but Paul, I want to ask you here, just as we round things out, what advice do you have for other non-gainer chubs interacting with gainers? And what advice do you have for gainers interacting with non-gainer chubs? Well, for other non-gainer chubs, I would say the um, the important thing that I have learned, and hopefully they learn, is to be respectful of you know a, a lifestyle that might be different than yours, but has a lot of crossovers. So there's a lot of common ground that we have, um, and so just be respectful, even if it's something you don't understand yet, even if it's something that you're still, even if you have no interest in understanding it more than you already do. Just be respectful and just like you would with any other person. Um, and then for gainers interacting with chubs who are not looking to gain is, you know, we are going to have a lot of common interests. We're, we both like to eat. We both, you know, have a lot of pressure from outside to not have the bodies that we have or that we want. And we're all fighting a lot of the same battles in, you know, the social media and real world um so we have a lot of common ground but you know just also be respectful of the fact that like i am eating this donut because i think it's delicious i did not count how many calories to make sure that i'm gaining today it's because it's my favorite one and so we might have a different perspective on how we're eating food but we're both probably eating some good stuff and that calorie counting can get exhausting for those of us that are trying to gain weight <laughs> Yeah, up or down, counting calories is a bitch. Yeah. You will no doubt look at an article of food at some stage and stare at it and cry and go, why can't you be worth a different amount? Huh. That is one thing. Like, I am not on a weight loss journey 
I have made some eating changes just to be getting more nutritional value out of my food um, because I just feel like I'm not. But I'm always going to be eating the delicious stuff. So it's like I'm going to eat pickles when I want something that doesn't have a lot of calories to it, but it has nothing to do with how many calories. It's because I think they're fucking delicious. Mm. Yeah, as much as I love gainers who are like, yeah, let's eat big today, I'm also like, have you ever had, like, just a really fucking good Caesar salad? Like, the lettuce is crispy. The croutons are croutony. The bacon is bacony. And that, like, Purdue chicken that is just, like, pan-seared and, like, skinless, but it doesn't matter because that's not why you're having it. Like, it's the experience of just a delicious fucking salad. Never mind, I've just drowned it in Caesar dressing, but that's... (laughs) That's that's another story. Tim, I want to ask for you, like, do you have any suggestions for, like, gainers who are engaging with other non-gainer chubs and just anything you might want to say to any non-gainer chubs listening? Um, just to echo Paul and say, be respectful. You know, you have to understand that not everybody thinks the way you do or wants the things that you want. Like, and I understand that um, some people, when they get horny, they're not thinking clearly and they might just be pushing a particular thing. But like, if that's the case, go find someone else who's just as horny as you. I, but you'll find it, you know, if you got to go on um, Growler or Grommer and post a message saying, I'm really horny right now. I want to talk about fat stuff. I want to talk about getting fatter. You're going to get a response, you know, so don't don't push it on people who don't want it because it's just it's rude. And um, you might end up chasing them away. And how many people have been chased away from this community? Oh, so too many, too many to count. My goodness. And honestly, again, parroting what you all have said, it comes down to respect. It comes down to listening, to communication. Again, I think this is this is just a theme we're experiencing. Season three is communication, communication and listening. Uh, So a bit more of that, people. That'd be great. Paul, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. I'm very glad that I could be here. Oh, I love to hear that. Now, where can listeners find you online? Uh, my um, uh, social media handle that you'll probably be most interested in, you don't want the safe for work one. I already know that. Um, so just go to Zaftig Spice. That's Z-A-F. Uh, T-I-G spice. Uh, Zaftig is a Yiddish word for those who don't know, meaning chubby um, and spices and the Spice Girls. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and on TikTok at the that, that handle. And then um, there is a Twitter, um, Chub Rub Spice, that you can visit as well. And that one is definitely not safe for work, so save that for your private times. Well, there we go. Oh, that's a wrap for now here on Thick Radio. Please remember to like and subscribe, rate us five stars, and leave us a good review. We don't have enough reviews. Review people. Tell us that you love us. If you like this episode, the podcast, or just us in general, share it with your friends and encourage them to tune in. You can find me on Instagram and beefyfrat at Stanham. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and Beefy Frat at Thicky Mouse. You can also look us up on Instagram and TikTok at Thick Radio or at our website at www.podpage.com forward slash Thick Radio. If you want to submit a voice note, you can reach us at podcasters.spotify.com forward slash pod 
forward slash show forward slash thick radio forward slash message. And I swear to God, I'm going to write into Spotify and tell them to shorten that. <laughs> it never even that long. It was not this long before. <laughs> and if you have any questions or ideas for episodes, you can reach us at the thick radio at gmail.com. So until next time, bye fats. Bye fats. Bye fats. Let's talk about it. Radio is a Patreon and Anchor app podcast produced by Stan and Vicky Mouse. Next time, Master by Stan. Our artwork is provided by Lokitu. Our theme song is provided by Body by Train.